0: Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Jean Charest says Canada is not prepared for military conflict. He's
1: rolled this out as one of his first big policy initiatives. Many of the things he's promising on defense read to me an awful lot like what past liberal promises were.
0: A report on sexual misconduct in the military will be released on May 20th. There's not going to be one silver bullet that we will implement, that will change this overnight. But as I have said, I am deeply, deeply committed to cultural change in the Canadian Armed Forces and the Defence Team writ large. And Melanie Jolie says it's clear war crimes have been committed in Ukraine.
1: This weekend, the world witnessed
0: an abhorrent and senseless attack on innocent civilian lives in Bukha. These acts of terror won't go unpunished. It's Tuesday, April 5th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan.
1: Good morning, Mark.
0: So, Jean Chette is saying that Canada's not in a position to adequately defend itself from a military conflict. And, of course, This ties in very neatly with the fact that we've got a federal budget coming this week. And one of the things a lot of people are going to be watching for is whether there will be an increase in defense spending. All signs seem to be pointing in that direction, although we don't know how much of an increase. Uh, But with everything that's happening in the world today, I think there is a high degree of expectation that that's where we'll end up with the budget on Thursday. So what are your thoughts on Shere's comments and, and also how it ties into our budget speculation.
1: You know, it's interesting to think how much we would not be talking about this had the war in Ukraine not been happening and Mm -hmm. how we not been sort of uh, seeing the situation grow worse and worse. I don't think increased defense spending was on anybody's uh, targets or, or horizon even two months ago. But we are talking about that. My information is from, you know, and my colleague Tony McCharles did a good story over the weekend about this too. My inclination is we will not be seeing Canada tie itself to the 2% target. There will be, there is a meeting, I think, in June at NATO where countries have to review uh, and update their budgets. There will be increases, I'm sure. But I, I think Canada is going to, cut itself loose from that 2% target, whether it does it explicitly on Thursday in the budget or not. Charest, as you say, is campaigning, and it's interesting. He's rolled this out as one of his first big policy initiatives. Many of of the things he's promising on defense read to me an awful lot like what past liberal promises were, especially in the area of Veterans Affairs uh, and... You know, the military culture, which I think we, we're we going to talk about, too. But I think Sharae uh, also, his policy is very much influenced by what's going on in Ukraine and the idea of strengthening the North, uh, bringing us up to that 2% target. And I think that's where you, you will see the government and Charest are are not exactly on the same page there.
0: Yeah. All right. um, We should talk in a moment about the report that's coming on the future of the Canadian military and and the report, the review of sexual misconduct and other misbehavior in the military that's due out next month. But just before we do, to continue along the theme of what's happening in Ukraine, Melanie Jolie is in Europe right now, uh, the Foreign Affairs Minister, and she says she used the term war crimes to describe what has happened in some parts of Ukraine. Um, So... Uh, I know that there are a lot of people wondering kind of what's the next step in all of this there there was a lot of pressure applied to Russia and now that seems very much if you go back to the NATO meetings that happened over a week ago it seems like since then it's kind of been let's wait and see what happens next. Um, what are your thoughts on her comments and, and where we stand in terms of Canada's role and NATO's role in this crisis.
1: We have to draw a distinction between whether people like Melanie Jolie and U.S. President Joe Biden are saying war crimes in a response, in an emotional response to what they're seeing, or a legal one. Mm. It is not up to political leaders to decide whether war crimes have committed. That is up to the International Court of Justice, and it usually happens. I was just reading about this actually in the Washington Post. That happens after the fact. It's going to. If it is true that Putin is committing war crimes, and it certainly seems evident from the, the images we're seeing, that's serious. But it's not stopping him, and these declarations are not stopping him either. I think, it, you know, the uh, no matter how forcefully the President of the United States says it, or our Foreign Affairs Minister, it doesn't change the fact that this is going on right now. Those people are still going to be dead and that Putin seems unrepentant and undeterred by it. So I, I, I do think these are for the the benefit of people who are looking at these images too and saying this is awful, something must be done to stop it, but it certainly isn't going to slow down Putin as we've seen on that. Um, that That's going to be a conversation for after this is over, and right. we have to get to after this is over first.
0: Yeah. All right. Defence Minister Anita Anand uh, is saying that the highly anticipated review, the independent review that's been looking at how to address sexual misconduct in the Canadian forces, is expected to arrive next month, probably on May 20th. This is the long-awaited report from former Supreme Court Justice Louise Arbour. Uh, and what what do you expect to see
1: well it's funny you know back to what we were talking about at the beginning just over the weekend or the past few days i decided to go back and check what the liberal policy on defense was in their their platform last summer when we were having an election and it was all about the military culture it just shows how much things can change that that this was an all-consuming thing. This was the thing that Anita Anand was sent in to solve, and we have seen some progress on that. You know, she's uh, she's studying she there. The the report was commissioned before. She's been doing that. There was the um, the development last week with the former chief of defense staff, uh, General Vance, which was controversial. But there is a sense that this is an attempt to put. Different discussion about the military behind us. We are not now talking about military culture. We're talking about what the military can fix, rather than what needs to be fixed in the military. So I think this is intended as a bookend. There, There is always the chance and there has been with many reports on the military that it's it's a conversation that needs to be continued and follow-up needs to be done. But I think the sense in Ottawa now in, and even in the military is this is, turn, this is intended to turn a page, not to dredge up something that, uh, that has sort of dominated our conversation about the military for the last two, three years.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll be uh, watching that over the next six weeks leading up to May 20th. Meanwhile, the selection process to identify a new Supreme Court of Canada justice, there, there's going to be a requirement for that soon because Michael Muldaver is going to be retiring soon. And the, the process was introduced yesterday. Um, uh, a press release went out saying people have until May 13th to apply, which is it's kind of a <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing to read about such a highly specific job um you know this is not looking for a for a new sales rep for your life insurance company no. <laughs> so no
1: like like you, you and I are not applying for no, that job
0: no no uh, but we uh, could i guess but anyway qual it says say qualified <laughs> candidates have until may 13th to apply and anyway uh, the former premier of Prince Edward Island Wade McLaughlin, is going to be the chair of the independent advisory board for these for this appointment and for future appointments and kim campbell the former prime minister and justice minister was in that role for about six years so um so what do you think about this process because there's always a lot of scrutiny on on the high on the the hiring in this case uh, given the, the way this process is laid out the appointment of new supreme court justices
1: well i think we canadians can be somewhat reassured that it's not going to look like the process that we're watching down in the United States sure. where, yeah. uh, what a, a circus that is. And there've been some people who in the past who have argued that we should have a circus like that. They called it, you know, open hearings. I think this is a very Canadian process. It's done quietly. The The big controversy has been about bilingualism and whether a Supreme court judge needs to be bilingual. I think, This government is committed to that, but it's um, that's that's going to be a conversation for later as well. Too, I just think that we should be happy in Canada that we're not going to have partisans screaming at them uh, from all sides, and and that uh, that process dependent on politics because as we've seen, that's not any way for um, that hasn't been a model of good behavior south of the border.
0: Yeah. All right. Great to have your comments on all of this today, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Mike. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. These acts of terror won't go unpunished. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In an editorial, the Toronto Sun argues Vladimir Putin must be tried for war atrocities. The Sun writes... When this war ends, Russia should be expelled from every credible international organization, and the West should maintain sanctions as long as Putin is in charge. That country's presence mocks any attempts by the international community to foster peace and understanding among nations. It will be difficult to bring Russian war criminals to trial, but the world must judge them all the same. They must never be welcome in a free world that's disgusted by their actions. Russia is losing the war. We cannot let them win the peace. In the National Post, Derek Burney argues it's time for stronger commitments before Vladimir Putin snatches victory from the jaws of defeat. Burney writes, There is incessant talk about helping Ukraine defend itself, but the support effort is insufficient. Why is no one other than Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky talking about defeating Russia or about victory? Would the West prefer a stalemate that leaves a fractured and neutered Ukraine? The U.S. and the West may prefer to drive from the back seat, but they risk making a fearful, too-little-too-late response to a blatant violation of the most fundamental rights democracies cherish. In the Toronto Star, Mark Kirsten argues, Canada's commitment to support the war crime investigation in Ukraine is a good first step. Kirsten writes... When it comes to Canada's commitment to international justice over the past decade, one word comes to mind. Stingy. The federal government wants the reputation of being a champion of global accountability efforts, but wants the headlines for pennies on the dollar. Justice and accountability for Ukraine won't come cheap. If the government's commitment to support the ICC's investigation represents a renewed interest in investing in global justice efforts, It could have a significant impact on achieving accountability for international crimes in Ukraine, in Canada, and wherever else such atrocities are committed. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will speak with the Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi and the Deputy Supreme Commander of the Armed Forces of the United Arab Emirates. He will also speak with the President of Mexico, and then the Prime Minister will attend question period. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will hold a news conference in Ottawa. After question period, he will meet with firefighters from his riding of Burnaby, British Columbia. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, April 5th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.